This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. That's right, our Patreon, where every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday, you get this all over again. Who wouldn't want that? You get me and Maureen talking and doing a little thing we call the Town Watch. It's a little looser. It's a little lighter. How that's possible, I'm not sure, but it is about a half an hour. So there's that. Anyway, that's if you give it the five or ten dollar a month level. That ten dollar a month level gets you a sticker in the mail as well every single month that you give it that level because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. You got a great sticker in the mail every single month. It's a surprise and a joy and a dream. And that's at patreon.com slash says who. Dan. Hmm. It's spooky season. It is. And I write some murdery books. This is a great yeah. time to get yourself some Truly Devious series, some Box of the Woods, some Nine Liars. Also, true. you know, the holidays are coming up. Maybe you're thinking about gifts. Maybe you're thinking about staying in, being, and you want your friends and your family to be cozy. Books make a good cheap gift, but they keep on giving because they're a way to take you to a different place. Giving them a little carpet ride into outer space. So give them a book, give them a book. It wraps real good because it's flat. Give them a book, give them a book. Wrapping paper is good for that. That's my song. Wow. That was a good song. It had me dancing. You were dead. It had me dancing. Uh, If you'd like to give someone a book that you order on the internet, you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org. That is our own little bookshop where Maureen's books are easy to find and other books are easy to find. So kickbezosintheballs.org. If you're buying things on the internet, you can always mosey on over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com where we have plenty of Says Who merchandise, including a lot of seasonal Says Boo merchandise because it is, in fact, that spooky season and if you're buying things on the internet you can also go to shop.dansinker.com where i sell two patches and that's why they call me danny two patch danny two patch yeah well i gotta be careful to make sure this microphone doesn't fall off this ornamental pumpkin i need to point out the fact yeah you are not at home no you are, in fact, at your parents' house. I can see over your right shoulder, I believe. I can see your suitcase there. I think it's yeah, splayed on a bed. They're blinds. Mm-hmm. Maureen uh, logged on, and she was yeah. simply holding the microphone by the cable that plugs in the microphone, which not the world's best way to hold a microphone, I would say, because she I just did not bring the microphone pit. stand. And then she said, hang on a second. She turned around and she grabbed an ornamental pumpkin, which yeah. happened to be on the table, I'm assuming, right behind you or yeah. something. Yeah. And you plunked the microphone right on the little indent of the of the pumpkin right up against yeah. the little stem. And it works like a charm. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're about as festive as it gets. I feel festive. You seem festive. I feel festive. I am ready to be festive. Who wants the nap? I mean, me. Yeah. Well, 
I was joking. I'm actually zesty. I was trying to lull you into a false state of to says who. The podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a pumpkin. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. It's a an emotional support pumpkin. I'm Maureen Johnson. It really is emotional, impressive, though. You're like running the cable right over pumpkin. the top of the, the top of the yeah. stem. Dan, the world just caught up with my mother's obsessive need to decorate for every season. Like, yeah, you know how I okay. Your your I'm mom. Gonna... Your hold on. Let me let me understand what you're implying here. I'm a, your yes. mom did it first. Yes. Before your mom, nobody decorated for the seasons. Not at the level my mom did. Okay. All right. I don't, I really don't think that people were doing it at quite the same level. I have no counterfactual for this. So listen, I'll take your word on it. Your mom was the first. I'm here in Pennsylvania because I come down regularly to take care of my family. And also um, I'm really into the writing now. And sometimes it's a little easier to set up shop down here. It's yeah. really easy to walk Dexy. She loves right. it. Yeah. And um, I'm away from Oscar. That's the worst part. But it's. Right. But I don't. I kind of don't do anything else. I just sort right. of walk her and work. And, you know, it's. it. And, I, also, I eat like take shit care when of I'm your down parents. here. They don't really. They don't need anything. Like they're, okay. they're just here. But it's just, you know. But like I don't have to do any nursing stuff to my dad like I did before. They, I take yeah. his medicine sometimes up in the morning. But that's it. Right. And um, it's, uh, I got, so yesterday, like, I was fine. Like, I need to get out of the house for maybe an hour or so. Yeah. I needed some dry erase markers. So I was like, I'll go okay. over to Target and get yeah. a couple of things. I need toothpaste. I'll just, that'll be my break. Yeah. But where we live is this whole conglomeration of stores. And there's all these turns that they're always inventing. And if you miss this turn, you are like you are never ever going to get back to where you need to be. Yeah. And I made sort of the wrong turn to go into the Target and that shot me into the mall parking lot. And I was like, ah, god Uh-oh. damn it. Then I had to pull around. I was like, well, I'm here. I'll go into Michaels. The okay. craft store. Yeah. I, I love heard Michaels. this siren call. Yeah. Doesn't it just I mean, it's a magical place. Oh yeah. Michaels it's is a- great. Oh, it's a good place. Especially, especially in Halloween time. Mm. They do a good line in Halloween decorations. They have an incredible array of Halloween options. I am at the, I I think the a lot of the good stuff was gone because I was in the dregs of it. But yeah. there was still that enough. That is the and trick. Picked... They seem to stock their Halloween in about August and it has been fully depleted by October. Or close to fully Honest, depleted. I should go back and go Christmas shopping because they were they were putting all the stuff out. But yeah, first I was like, I need a couple of nice Halloween decorations. Usually every year I I put some weird half baked thing up on the door, and I was like, I'm going to buy something here, and and I bought the uh, things I needed to make a wreath because they have Halloween wreath now stuff oh yeah sure so like a black twisted stuff and then all these bins of things you can do to make your own wreath and you can mm-hmm. but they'd been picked through pretty pretty badly so there yeah. weren't too many things left but they were 60 percent off so they're like if you can find something good you luck. can take it yeah but there was enough that i was like this is fun i'll kind of pick through and i found enough i found a little bag of skulls i found some packs of spiders and was like i will put this together because my yeah. mom is like my mom has always been 
the crafter. I've told you the famous story about how she was so good at making these decorative pine cone wreaths that were like huge that when we went pine cone searching when I was in high school or college, we went out and we thought there was a rabbit squirrel chasing us. And we accidentally pepper sprayed ourselves. That was in the yes. quest of crafting. Yeah. She, her wreaths were so good that people were always trying to buy them from her at high prices. Like it was one of those okay. things where like she knows how to make a wreath. But she also, my mom was always sewed so she embroiders. So there's always been seasonal embroidery. So all the pictures get changed and always have. So yeah. she changes all the pictures seasonally, then makes seasonal like flower decorations to go above them. Okay. And then all the little accents around the house get changed. So yeah. you'll just notice that every single little tiny thing is like, now it's orange leaf and uh, she has really gotten deep into these plastic gourds. I'll tell you what. Okay. Our our entire outside is full of these fucking things. Okay. <laughs> the world's caught up to my mom. Yeah. And there then you, go. you walk around Michael's and you you start imagining a different life, Dan. And I was walking around because there's a lot of, and we're going to talk about it. There's a lot of really rough stuff going on. Yeah. And I was walking around Michael's and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get really into this stuff this year. I'm going to bake. I'm going to make leaf-shaped cookies. I'm going to make mm -hmm. all kinds of Christmas baking things. I'm going yep. to, I'm going to do all this stuff. Now, when I'm going to do that is less clear. Right. You do have uh, like five books to write and, uh, and you're heading to the UK. Yes. I have a tremendous amount to write. I, this is, I'm in that period where nothing else matters. Like, for example, the other night, you know what I had for dinner down here? What? A third of a family-sized bag of Cool Ranch Doritos that I found at the bottom of the closet. Hmm. I that mean, I like a, a Cool Ranch Dorito. I don't... But that's not a dinner morning. No. The trouble is I filled up because I don't have... I don't buy Doritos, but my yeah. father does. Okay. Because my father eats like... Okay, I'm, I'm telling tales out of school. My dad has a bad diet. Okay. When I say a bad diet, my dad's dinner is an entire pack of snickerdoodle shortbreads. Wow. So that's his dinner. Yeah. And his breakfast is usually two donuts. <laughs> wow. There you I go. I mean, there's that's a reason I have to, yeah, there's a reason I kind of have to come down here and do a lot of stuff. So like, so there's always junk food and I don't usually have junk food and I'm, yeah. you know, I don't want to, at home, I cook a lot. I'm a very elaborate cook at home. Yep. Like the other day, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to make anything. And you know what I made, Dan? What? I was like, I'm not going to make anything. I just got a couple basic things. Mm -hmm. And I want to clear out the fridge. So I'm just going to make a couple things for the... And you know what I made? What? I made three different curries and a soup. Wow. There I thought you go. that would last for a week. It lasted basically for like a day and a half. Because well, we ate the go. curries, and then I was like, I don't really know what to do with the soup, so I guess I'll freeze it. I'm just saying, Dan, I always get into hijinks at home. Yeah. And I do too much cooking, whereas here, I, I end up, I'm like, I guess I'll just eat these Doritos in the dark, and that'll be girl dinner. Like, I'll just do this, and I'll live like a disgusting mole person. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. I don't eat well here, Dan. I don't, okay. and I admit it. I mean... I can't fault you for eating a lot of Cool Ranch Doritos because they're delicious. If you haven't had them in a really long time and it's like you're tasting them for the first time because you never no. get to have them and you're like, I will have one. I will have three. No. I will oh, have five. No, yeah, exactly. I will have like 10. Okay, I will just have 
I will can I can have them for the next one minute. Do not eat two at a time. Oh, they taste better two at a time. Oh, yeah. why are they better two at a time? That doesn't make any sense. Why are they? Of, why is the favor multiplied like that? One of my favorite factoids about Cool Ranch Doritos is that everywhere else in the world they are named Cool American. That's what they call me in England. Cool American. Yeah, okay. there she is. Cool there American. Is. There's Cool American, Maureen Jones. I walk in, I'm like, hey. I heard that once and I didn't believe it because it seems unbelievable. And then right. uh, once I was in a grocery store in Argentina and I was I was staring at an end cap of Cool American Doritos. Right. And I loved it. Can you hear a sound here, Dan? Do you have another tooth issue? No. Maureen no, is prob- lean, leaning forward, holding the side it. of her mouth. Okay. You remember how I had that root canal a couple yeah. weeks ago because my I was like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. And then I was high on drugs. Yeah. Well, after the root canal, they have to put in a crown because there's like no tooth left in there. Right. It's like a big, it's like Vesuvius. It's just a big hollow shell where the the middle was blown out. Yeah. But I haven't had time to go and get it done yet. So I have this like crater with the temporaries off and I know it needs to be crowned or else, I don't know, my face will fall off. I'm assuming at some point my jaw just dissolves and then I have half a face. That's how it works. With mm-hmm. a dis- dissolved bag of jaw just the, hanging off the, the sign. Canonical uh, story of Harvey this Dent Two Face in the this Batman is why comics. going to Michael's is so soothing because you look around and you're like, I could just really devote my life to festivity. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like, what if I became? What if I became a live, laugh, love kind of person? <laughs> I mean, I think I think I'm really geared towards that. I feel like, I feel like you, Maureen Johnson. Yeah. Cool American. Right. Are a, one of those seaplanes. You're flying around and every now and then you kind of get real close to the live, laugh, love, like lake. (laughs) And you like, you touch down for a moment and then you just right back up in your seaplane. Because I feel like. Yeah, maybe about every year you you begin to you begin to question whether or not you could be a live, laugh, luffer. Right. And and I will point out to those of you not privy to my um, Instagram DMs, your you have increased sending me right. Instagrams of planners again. Which okay. feels like. If not in the same body of water as Live Laugh Love, certainly a there is a there is a connected inlet from okay. you know the planner sea to Live Laugh Love Lake. Okay, you don't have to be worried about that one because I did that as a joke because I was stuck in a car in the rain coming down here with the dog and I was sitting on the floor of a minivan, the dog taxi, and yep. it was really grim outside and I was like I was looking for some amusement aside from the terrible news that was coming on the radio of the car. Yeah. And uh, I decided that it'd be fun to annoy you by finding the worst planner spreads I could possibly find. Mission accomplished. The most chaos, chaos centered planner spreads, the ones with the most wiggledy waggledy stickers in the most confusing places. Well, it worked. Are we avoiding talking about the world right now? Uh, well, we will talk about the world, but it was, it was, it was still early morning. Let's, let's go, let's take a minute. Let me tell you about my evening spent in the rain. Okay. 
uh, Friday night. We are still kind of adjusting our lives to a life without the teen and right. figuring out how to kind of center the little one uh, a little bit more than than he may have been centered when you have a angsty teen running about. Uh, and so one of those things has been trying to go to the library every Friday night so that he can get some new books. And so there's just sort of an activity. And often we will couple that with going and getting some fast food. So this past Friday, it was had been raining for days. And uh, we went to a Culver's, which I don't know if you're familiar with Culver's. They're a Wisconsin-based uh, hamburger chain, but now they're pretty much everywhere and they are delicious. And uh, we drove through Culver's. We parked the car, ate in the car, because uh, it was sort of on the way to the library. And, uh, you know, it was all great. Everything's fine. Uh, it was a very nice, pleasant meal. We we're excited about the library. Go to turn the car on. Car does not turn on. Well, that's no good. Not only does the car not turn on, but then it just starts acting fucking possessed. Like lights are turning on and off randomly. Door locks are closing and opening, uh, you know, and it's just like fucking bizarre. At one point, the hazard lights are flashing and all of the lights inside the car are flashing all at the same time. And we're just sort of dead in the water and it's raining. So uh, it really was like there was a ghost in the machine. Then Janice points out about halfway, you know, probably an hour into this situation. She's like, it's Friday the 13th. Mm. Our car is literally possessed. On Friday the 13th, we have a friend come uh, who lives in the neighborhood. She came with her van. We tried to jump it and we could not quite get it jumped. But it seemed like it was and her van is a little bit funny and had like this world's smallest battery. I'm not sure why. Um, But it felt like jumping. It was getting somewhere like it was a, a little bit different of a sound. Of course, then it was even fucking crazier after we jumped it, like just lights turning on and off. And, you know, at one point I realized we were locked inside the car. I was like, how do we get out? Ah, uh, and then finally, my friend Dylan showed up with a a device that I did not know existed. He shows up. He's like, hey, uh you know, we can because at, at that point, the friend that came by took Janice and the little one home because it was well past the little one's bedtime at that point. And he was kind of spooked by all of it as well, which is fully understandable. Like, you know, you're sort of stranded. I mean, we were stranded in a way that we could have walked home like it was right. been a long walk, but like we were not in the middle of nowhere. We were in a Culver's parking lot. Um, so it was just me. And when they left it, I was like, well, I guess I'm calling roadside assistance, you know, and then roadside assistance was like, it, it will be two hours until somebody shows up again. I could have walked home and back multiple times within two hours. Um, so I'm like, well, I'll just sit here and fuck around on my phone. It's then where I realize I have like 15 percent charge left on my phone. So I'm like, well, I can't use my phone because the roadside assistance people need to get in touch with me. Uh, so I guess I'm just sitting here. And so I literally just sat there in the dark, in the rain for, I would say, about 40 minutes. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> and then I look over and I realize that my friend Dylan has just pulled up next to me. And so he gets out of the car and he pulls out what basically looks like a battery like you would charge your phone on when your phone runs out. Right. And he's like, well, I have this. 
and it might jump your car. And if nothing else, you can charge your phone. And I'm like, dude, my friend just had a giant ass van and we could not get this jumped. Like you've just shown up with like basically a little tiny rectangular USB battery thing. And we're going to jump from that. And he's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but these things are jump starters. And uh, if if it works, it works. I'm like, I'm highly skeptical about this. So uh, we open up the trunk, hook this thing up. It comes with two tiny little miniature jumper cables that you attach to your battery. Boom. Car starts first try off this fucking like literally it's not any bigger than my phone. Like, um, so I'm able to drive home and he was like, well, you know, your battery's dead. So drive around a little bit and then you should be fine. Next morning, dead as a doornail. Like doesn't even, I can't, I had to manually open the car with a key instead of using little lock things. I'm just like, fuck. Day after that, I can unlock it. Like, it's just like, what the hell is going on with this car? Uh, and so I, he lent me his little jumper thing. I jumped it. I drove it around even more. It was getting low on gas. So then I gassed it up dead at the gas station. <laughs> just like, fuck. But I traveled with the little jumper. So I jump it at the gas station. It jumps to first try every time with this fucking little mystery battery thing that truly feels miraculous. Uh, get home and, uh, you know, turn it off. Try to turn it on. Doesn't work like just dead again and the whole time i was driving it around to kind of charge it before the before going into the gas station like the locks are going on and off and like it's just like i am driving a possessed vehicle right now anyway long story short it turns out we were just talking the other day about modern vehicles and do they allow you out when you're you know drowning in a car and things like that modern vehicles are very sophisticated Right. They're basically a computer that you're driving around when that computer starts to get weird electrical signals. It gets weird fast, it turns out. And instead of just being like, oh, I'm not getting enough power from this battery. I should maybe tell this person. Instead, it's like I'm going to act like a fucking ghost is inside me. And uh, so today we we he took the yesterday we took the battery out. He had like a little thing that will fully discharge and you know, fix a battery if it can be fixed. And this morning he was like, nope, it's not holding a charge. So me and him went over to the auto zone where we walked wow. in and it just reeked of pot, like mm. amazingly. So the people working there were as high as could be, which right. was hilarious. And uh, bought a new battery, got it installed. Car started up first try. Right. <sighs> That's been my whole weekend. Because of course me... I don't assume, Maureen, that the easy solution, which is you just need a new battery, is going to be the solution. I'm like, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars chasing a short in the electrical system. That's the Dan Sinker way. Yeah. But it turns out you're, Maureen is currently putting leaves on her head. Look at that. Don't I look festive? You do. You look very festive. You're speaking into a pumpkin mm -hmm. with leaves on your head. I look the, the queen of fall. They were inside the pumpkin. Oh, they're falling. Like leaves in the fall. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It is. Those are plastic, though. These? No, they're not. Those are not real leaves. They're fabric. Well, right. They're nice but they're fabric, like a, though. They're like a polyester. They're nice. Yeah, but it's not like those are fancy linen leaves. Like those are, they a, might those be. are, a, oh, those are an ornamental. I got glitter on me. 
Yeah, that'll that'll happen. Dan. Anyway. Dan. Maureen. I want to know something. Hmm. So as we speak. Yeah. Um, we're gonna give you not the news, but the olds, because I just want to know what's going on. Because I know that I know that on one window as we're speaking, Dan is watching the live count inside the House of Representatives. And my curiosity is getting the better of me. Yes. Can you tell me how it's going? Yes. So we are recording this at about 2 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, the 17th. Uh, You're going to be hearing this on Wednesday, the 18th. So you will know more than us right now. But right now. That's always the case. They always know more than we do. To catch us up, last week, uh, the House was about to vote, it seemed, on a new speaker after ousting Kevin McCarthy the week before. And last week, it seemed to be coming down to a question of Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise being being put forward as the moderate compared to Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise, who once described himself as David Duke without the baggage. So there's your moderate level for you. Uh, Anyway, at the time of our recording, they were about to vote. After that, Steve Scalise won the internal vote, right? So he was he was going to be put forward. Then it became very clear that he did not have the votes to pass on the House floor to actually become speaker. So he withdrew last Thursday, uh, plunging this chaotic fucking shit party into more chaotic shit. Uh, now, Jim Jordan has emerged as the candidate that enough people have been able to kind of plug their nose and agree to that they could at least bring it to a floor vote. But there was the open question as to whether or not he could actually pass a floor vote, which is happening as we record. Or Maureen, I should say, the first House vote, floor vote, has happened as we record. And Jim Jordan got 200 votes. He needed 217 He did not pass. Steve Scalise got seven. Kevin McCarthy got six. God bless. Lee Zeldin got three. Go for it. Few other random Republicans got one vote each. So they're back at it, I believe, at some point. As far as I know, I see a New York Times window that just says live video has concluded. And uh, the live blog on the New York Times has yet to... Okay, yeah, there we go. This is Washington Post representative Jim Jordan failed to be elected House Speaker on the first round after receiving 200 of the required 217 votes. It is unclear if the House will immediately go into a second round of voting. Jordan will need to change the minds of 17 of the 20 holdouts to win the gavel. Now, Dan, previously Kevin McCarthy, it took him, what, 17 rounds? Was that it? Yeah. Fifteen, maybe. Fifteen. How many? How many days did they do that over? A few. And then they just decided to stop. There's no limit, right? You just have to eventually be like, eh. I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody had ever gone as far as Kevin McCarthy had gone before. You know, most, most of the time, if they didn't have a vote, they would adjourn. And, you know, work on it. And in fact, I'm looking here and there are at least a few Republicans saying that they should just adjourn and then have Jim Jordan work harder behind the scenes to convince some people. But I think there's also the possibility that that's just never uh, 
Never going to happen. Who knows? How many did they let Scalise have? Seven. But McCarthy, oh, oh, wait, you mean in the last week? Yes. They never brought it to the floor. Oh, I thought they, they brought knew Scalise that, to the floor. No, they didn't bring Scalise to the floor because they knew that they were not going to get to 217 and he withdrew. They didn't so want they to get into a protracted yet. battle. Correct. Right. So he pulled out and Jim Jordan swooped on in. I resent how much I've had to look at his little fucking lemon face. face. Yeah. I don't like his face. Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty horrible. Um, Jim Jordan is a, is a special kind of like, you just see him coming and you're like, ah, oh, not this asshole. Like it doesn't, you just, you just, ah, not this one. Not this one. His little fucking shirt sleeves. Yeah. Ugh. His little insurrection ass, his little let the just... predator slip by situation. <sighs> the little fucking weasel face, fuck face, turncoat, piece of shit, Jim Jordan. Yeah. Who looks like somebody's, yeah. like, somebody's dad you saw at Best Buy. You know, he just looks like, oh, there he is. I mean, it's not surprising to me that he was a wrestling coach. And then there's sort of the whole additional aspects of of the fact that it seems that he was heavily involved in a cover up of of, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a very shitty wrestling coach in Ohio. He has that he has that gym teacher quality. Yeah, he has the quality of a coach who let a predator go. So yeah. Let, so the yeah. team would he be has okay. exactly that. That is, yeah. That is the vibe because that is who he is. Yeah. Even even without that vibe, it just feels like if he had a little whistle around his neck, he'd be whistling at you and telling you to drop and give him twenty. Just that kind of shittiness. He just smells like someone who's always shouting about football at five yeah. p.m. on Thanksgiving. I'm always picturing him at a Best Buy. Like, for some reason, he's always wandering Best Buy in my mind going, ah, remote yeah. controls. Like, I don't know why. Like, you just see him so pedestrian in his... Yeah. In his vileness. Yeah. Yeah, that Like, he should be right. covered in shrink wrap and be offered at 30% off at all times. He just seems like a commodity. <laughs> well, he's a commodity that, who knows, might bully his way into being the next Speaker of the House. You know how At some, some people are they... just, they're just, they're just product. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just product. He's, that's Jim Jordan. Yeah. The thing that is interesting, just looking at this little tiny bits of, uh, of this. So six, six of the votes against him were from the most vulnerable Republicans in the House, right? Republicans that that are in districts that went heavily Biden, that sort of thing. Like and and they don't want the attack ads. Like one thing that is interesting here is by having Jim Jordan be the guy that's voting, suddenly you're like the small number of holdouts are no longer the far right assholes, right? But the like Republicans that represent far more, 
you know, far more, far more moderate districts, districts that voted for Biden or districts that almost voted for the Democrat that was running in the for the House seat. Um, so there is a there's a, at least the potential, at least right now. There is the sort of like a weird flip flop of the power dynamic among the Republicans in the House. But I also think that those folks are kind of uh spineless so i'm gonna go ahead and guess that they will eventually fold i mean these people truly could not grab their own ass with a two-handed ass grabbing machine like it's just they really can't get anything done they you can't govern on the principle of not governing as it turns out weird it's weird that way weird how that works that party, at least in the House, is much happier in a spoiler position yeah. than in an actually have to pull their shit together position because they yeah. cannot pull their shit together. When someone says, hey, you do it, as it turns out, they cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah. They cannot, in fact, do it. I'm trying to figure out. It seems to be that they have not decided yet whether or not they are going to just keep doing this so so one of the things that i'm reading is that they did not know as many people were going to vote against jordan as did they thought it would be around seven but it turned out to be 17 17. so that seems great that's a lot i guess a few people didn't didn't actually get counted in this vote or no, there's 220. Yeah, they needed 17 more than they got, but there are three additional from there. So 20 people out. Well, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So they've recessed after the first round. Uh, Democrats were advised by their leadership that additional votes were possible today. So there you go. Y'all might know something that we don't. Shock. There's a real shock, Maureen. It seems to be the normal way of things. Dan. Maureen. I had to check Facebook yesterday. Yeah. There was a real reason I had to look. I knew somebody had sent me a message. I was like, okay. Okay. So I went and I looked. And as it turned out, the person I deliberately don't follow from high school because of all the racism and the talking about how There's the that. Civil War was fought, but the slaves were super happy. And also that, uh, you know, the the Confederate flag was about angels. And hmm. and, and the, she figured out how masks didn't work, that masks didn't work because you should see your breath. Like that person, I was like, this person will literally, will be the death to my sanity. Yeah. Well, this person. <laughs> the person you don't follow. I don't follow them. Right. So I usually can't see their posts. Uh It's brought a lot of peace to my life. Yeah. But I always just kind of refresh their name. Hmm. Just because I want to see what the new cover photo is. Because I know this person's husband is on a school board and I wanted to see if there was like a campaign thing for them. Yeah. And there was, as it turns out, in a way. Okay. Because they, they put up a post that was public so I could see what they posted. Yeah. And they said they were so mad because there's a Republican voting for running for a school board in their area that's a really good friend. And the Democrats are 
are posting these lies and it's lies is written in like really big letters and of course about about this candidate and that that this they've sent leaflets around that are full of lies and lies and they have pictures mm-hmm. and i examine the pictures of the leaflet and the leaflets are like this person is a member for moms for liberty mm. moms for liberty is an extremist group that tries to get book banning done and that this person was supported an effort led by local Moms for Liberty members to ban 34 books in the school district. Yeah. Now, there's a lot to parse in that because she's like, there's lies. We've never banned books here. So I I went through and I tried to actually parse what the lie was. Yeah. Now, there's most likely not a lot. What What the alleged lie was. What the alleged lie is. So this person is a member of Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty... I think did make an effort to have a series of books challenged in that area. I'm trying to find documentation on it. They, um, they did some weird thing with this particular school board where they made it so that the superintendent of schools signs off on all materials. Okay. Which seems weird to me, but I'm not a librarian. I don't know if it's ultimately, I think I would assume usually it's the librarian or the media specialist and not the superintendent and that the board can ultimately make some. It sounds in other words, it sounds like a backdoor that's like the superintendent could actually decide and then the board can be like, yeah, that's inappropriate and then we'll remove it. Okay. It sounds like a doorway to book banning. Yeah. And I don't know what the status of these 34 books are. I think they may have let them back in the library, but it certainly seems that everything is set up for this. And this candidate is a member for Moms for Liberty. So, Dan, I was like, don't reply, don't reply, don't reply, don't reply, don't reply. It doesn't matter. This person doesn't matter. I'm interested in what's going on in that school district, but this person ultimately doesn't matter. Fingers were itching me, Dan, but I said it doesn't Uh, matter. So I posted about publicly about the opposition. I was like, hey, just so you know, school district, there is a person for Moms for Liberty running. Here's the person running against that person. And I put a link to their campaign. And I was like, that's at least useful. That's okay. Fine. So far, so good. Um, but I wrote, I texted a friend of mine who knows about this. And I was like, I need you. This person, my friend, is a nurse. And I said, listen, you're a medical professional. So I need you to come here and break all 10 of my fingers. I don't care how you do it. You can use a hammer. You can use a car door. You can do whatever. Like, whatever you need to do to break them is fine with me. Yeah. I assume you know how to do it. And uh, that way I can't post. Um, and then she was like, well, no. And I was like, eh, well, you're not loyal. You're a bit of a traitor, aren't you? And she said, I kind of want to see you po- post back. So I avoided it for hours. Then I hit reply. And it turns out I can't reply. Those, but she, I can't reply to her post because we're not right. friends. Because you don't follow Even though I could see it, I couldn't do anything about it. Which in the end was the best yeah. possible solution. Because it doesn't fucking matter. Well, there matter. you go. I just, I, but I just wanted her to tell me what, like, I wanted to know more about it. Truly, I was like, what's wrong? Like, what's, what in this leaflet is incorrect? Right. Because I actually can't see anything in it. Right. Because if you know something about what that school board is doing, I'd be really interested because he, your husband is on it, so. Right. I want to point out again that this person is not, they thought that the Confederate flag was about angels. So, you know, I'm saying like I may not be getting the best information, yeah. but I don't think you know. you're getting you're not. Yeah, you're not exactly dealing with a A1. 
But this area of Bucks County, Pennsylvania is a very swingy area. It's in many ways considered to be one of the most important electoral areas in the country. Yeah. Um, because it's so wackily out of, like, it has so much. It ha we have a record number of insurrectionists and also it's just perfect. people voting. Yeah. But I think the most insurrectionists came from this area. We sent the most people to January. You 6th, did it. So. Congratulations. Yeah, we did it. I, I mean, I don't live here anymore, but, you know, I know my people. And there's a person down the street. I'm already seeing it start. There's a, someone who has a sign out that just says, let's go, Brandon. And I, the same person has a 1776 sticker on their car and a taxation is theft sticker. Yeah. Um, the 1776 one worries me a lot. And I was like, where were you on January 6th? It's definitely like, oh, they, they 100% summer from this town was there. Like, there's no way yeah. around that one. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of school board, weird school board stuff. I mean, Moms for Liberty had their convention here in Philadelphia. Now, that may have right. just been because they got a good deal at the Marriott, or it may have been because they have a lot of localized support. Right. I'm sort also, of there's, you know, the, the we're holding our convention in Philadelphia, the, you know, heartbeat of Liberty. The, yeah, Liberty, yeah. Like this. So there's, we can, there's the we'll all actually go too. over to the Liberty Bell and we'll. Yeah. We'll look at it and say, there it is. One of and... my favorite things. Was going to Philadelphia as an adult with with a child. And, you know, you do all the Philadelphia downtown things. You go to Independence Hall right. and all that. And you go to the Liberty Bell. And I remember uh, who is now the teen, but at the time was a child, you know, read all of the signs and then was like, why is this here? Like, this isn't anything. And the yeah. Liberty Bell really isn't anything. It's just no, a bell. No. It wasn't. It's nothing. It is like it was like a little it was like a shitty bell. That then yeah. they somebody was like, well, we could probably get people to come and look at this bell if we made a good story up about it. And it worked. Pretty much. Right. Like it was cast incorrectly and they rang it and it broke and they're like, well, we could build a museum around it. Right. But it's not like it, 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 it has no real symbolism no. to it other not than really, it was a no. shitty bell. Right. And then they were like, you know what? Unless Let's make some money off this shitty bell. Oh, or I, you know, disagree, disagree, <laughs> because I think it does say a lot then, because well, true. here's this bell in Philadelphia, and the minute you try to use it, it breaks. So, you know, I think that it does actually symbolize a lot. Yeah. Um, We're very proud of it. We put it on a lot of things. Yeah. And... You know, it's on a symbol. I mean, when I'm a, as a little kid, I can just sort of remember seeing it on fucking everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought I thing. lived in the center of the universe because we lived in, in Philadelphia. Like, it was everything was like liberty, that circular flag thing, and uh, Liberty Bell. The bell became famous after an 1847 short story claimed that an aged bell ringer rang it on July 4th, 1776, upon hearing of the Second Continental Congress vote for independence. The bell did not ring for independence on that July 4th, but the tale was largely accepted as fact, even by some historians. So, and then a year, or two years later, the city of Philadelphia, which owned the bell, allowed it to be transported to various expositions and patriotic gatherings. So somebody wrote a short story about this bell 
a hundred years later. And everyone was like, damn, that rules. Let's go check yeah. out that bell. The power of the about, short story, Maureen. I've told you about one of my favorite podcasts, The Dollop, and they did a short yes. one that was called America's Most Famous Sack of Flour. Uh, yeah. And Have you heard about the sack of flour? I've, I've heard about America's Most Famous Sack of Flour from uh, this person, uh, Cool American Maureen Johnson. Oh, I've told you about the sack of flour? Mm-hmm. Told me about the sack of flour. The whole thing is just, in summary, these two guys made a bet who's going to win an election, and the winner, the loser, had to carry a sack of flour from one city to another. And so he, when he lost, he did, but he brought like a brass band, and everyone turned out to watch him walk by with the sack of flour, and it turned into the biggest deal that everywhere he we started walking all around the country with the sack of flour, and then everywhere he went, he would auction off the sack of flour and then he would give all the money to charity, but then people would give him back the flower and he would just keep auctioning it. And people kept giving him money and then he kept marching and it was everyone was super excited about the flower and everyone was like, it's the flower, the sack of flower. Until I think they brought it out east and to New York or something and they auctioned it and people immediately just baked something with it. Like everyone was like, okay, thanks for the flower. <laughs> and then they baked something with it. Um, and that was the end of the sack of flower. Uh, but it was super dumb and it was just a sack of flower, but like, and not for nothing, Dan, I have told you that my parents' first apartment, they found out that they um, accidentally moved into next to a bell factory. So, yeah, you know, it, and then, I mean, <laughs> bells, flowered. Dan, stupid stuff becomes meaningful. That's true. We love, you know, we love a stupid story. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm very partial to a stupid story. Uh, I have nothing against that dumb broken bell. It just doesn't mean anything. Um, so then what I'm trying to say is, and what we haven't mentioned so far is that this is a, we're, we're not mentioning sort of the elephant in the news, um, because it's so big and so horrible, but it is yeah. certainly there. Oh yeah. Um, it, uh. it's like, we're talking about all of these things while this sort of earth shattering event is happening and it's certainly affecting a lot of people and yep. uh i mean understatement i'm just trying to you know speak carefully around it because it's it is tough yeah <laughs> and already so many horrible things have happened and we all know that more horrible things are about to happen it's one yeah. of those when you're like oh god like this is it's like how I keep rattling on about how we're not prepared for next year. Like the level of madness, disinformation. We haven't even, you know, just throwing it in here that yesterday Trump was sort of issued with a gag order that he couldn't, you know, call for call for the death of people that, yeah. you know. Yep. Everything is certainly quite a lot and the volume is going up and up and up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, again, neither of us feels that we are qualify to cover the complexity of, of Middle Eastern politics. No, but I also I, I feel like in the in the week that has followed from last to this, it feels a lot like nobody has learned any lessons, which is a, a sh shocking, I know not at all a shocking revelation. but right. you know, I feel, 
a lot like on September 12th, 2001, when it was like, everything is fucking horrible. And also what is about to happen is going Mm -hmm. to be incredibly horrible. You know, Mm -hmm. that we have not really learned any lessons that fighting terror by inflicting maximum suffering on civilians Mm -hmm. is going to achieve anything. Like, it just isn't. Like, the last 20 years has taught us that very, very clearly, that you only create worse cycles of all of this. And it is very frustrating and hard to see what feels like repeated patterns repeating. That is very hard. Yeah, I mean, as someone who was in New York on September 11th, I've often said I remember just that day just thinking, looking around, because people were being super nice to each other and helping each other. And I was like, we're in this little pause right now where this horrible thing has happened. We're going to fuck this up. Yeah. It's coming, like, yeah. I was like holding your breath, like, uh, uh, um, yeah. And that uh, a lot of human lives are being destroyed for no good end. <laughs> we all gonna take care of each other, and it's hard to know what to say. Times are tough and demanding a lot of us, and it's exhausting um, and hard. Uh, Replenish yourself as much as possible. Um, Be careful about consuming too much news. Because right now, all the channels, so my dad was down watching them, flipping between CNN and Fox for hours last night. And I was like, this is just the news. This is just the war show. This is just. Oh, yeah. It's just war show now. Well, and, and also keep in mind that that we are now in a war situation or at least a war-like situation where th- the main driver of real-time news on the internet, Twitter, is no longer an arbiter of any level of trustworthy right. information and the amount of misinformation that is out there, the amount of misinformation that is being reported as news and then having to be undone is remarkable. You had the White House themselves. You would think they have an actual fucking professional information gathering thing having to issue corrections, you know, from shit that ended up being attributed to misinformation on Twitter, you know. So uh, it is hard to... To know things you're just seeing may not be true. And reputable sources are more important than ever. Uh, if you can hear me, I can. you might have to wrap this up because I think this might be doomed. Yeah, you're definitely chopping up. Maureen is freezing every five seconds or so. You are once again frozen. All right. I don't know if Maureen's coming back this time. This is kind of a fitting way to end. 
everything collapses in a heap. Yeah, now she's offline. I don't even have that bit. So that's cool. We, you are not hearing this in the same way we are. We are now on the sixth attempt at recording. <laughs> so we are going to wrap this up because clearly. It's going great. The gremlins inside my car have moved into our internet connection. This is your fault, Dad. It's a spooky recording. It is. It is. Well, this spooky recording has been made possible by you. Come on, everyone. thanks a lot, you. Meet me at Michael's. We're going to go get some cookie cutters. We're going to make spider cookies. We're going to make leaf cookies. We'll make tree cookies. We're going to make turkey cookies. We're going to make pumpkin-shaped cookies. We're going to make all this cookie. We're going to put that fucking icing that no one likes on them. You'd rather have a different type of cookie, but you're getting the cookie cutter cookie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the cookie cutter totally. cookies are like an okay kind of cookie, but they're the best looking cookie. And I'm yeah. like, why can't we just make, why don't we cookie cutter chocolate chips? Normalized cookie so cuttering. Good, though. Why? Because a chocolate chip cookie <laughs> sploops out as it cooks. Whereas a cookie cutter cookie retains its shape. Okay. Idea. Mm-hmm. Bake them with the cookie cutter on, with the metal ones. Would that work? It can only go up. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of cookie cutters. Yeah, but they're pretty cheap right now. They're 60% off. Well, I mean, that's worth an experiment. You I bet you they're get... coated with something, though. I Don't think you, you think? probably... Let's just do it. All right. Normalize, normalize baking with cookie cutters on. That sounds great. I like how you were like, we need to finish this up as quickly as possible. And now we're talking about baking with cookie cutters on our cookie dough. I, it's because we have to turn this ship around. It's too, we're, we got to, this is a coping strategy. It's true. Well, it is a coping strategy that is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again. Hopefully without the level of technical difficulty that this one had. Most of the time it doesn't. So probably that's a safe bet. Anyway, yeah. you get that if you give it the 5 or $10 a month uh, at patreon.com slash says who. $10 a month also gets you a sticker in the mail. Boy, people that are paid and were charged October 1st, you get excited for your October sticker because it's a real winner. And uh, it should be going in the mail this week because it's uh, en route from the sticker printer right now. I'm real happy with this one. Yeah. It's, it's a good, a good one. in. It's a good it one. It is a good in. So you, if you have not subscribed to the Says Who Sticker Club, you should consider it. Not because you won't get this one. You'll miss it. But that's the thing. You got to get in it to win it. Anyway, yeah. patreon.com slash says who our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email it. Hey, that's H E Y. It says who podcast.com. We're at uh, says who at OMFG dot town on Mastodon. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan run discord server, you can visit tinyurl.com slash says who discord and you can spread the word subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen. Cause that's always very helpful. So thank you for that. That was my way of 
killing a short amount of time for me to flip over to the calendar. So you can join us next Wednesday, October 25th, for our very next episode. And from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker, and I can already tell that Maureen Johnson is frozen again, or she is so locked in thought that she hasn't moved for the entire time that I've been seeing all these words. So I will say that uh, from her parents' room in Pennsylvania, she was Maureen Johnson, and this has been a rather frustrating episode of Says Who.